Sarah, you know that was that was banned from this house. Well, technically, it was banned by somebody who's currently not here. Uh, so. No, that was a mutual banning. Well, like, if that only was half of the a unanimous here. unanimous <laughs> ban from this house. Well, who's to say something couldn't have changed? I don't know. I wasn't able to confirm or deny like what side he was actually on at this particular point. What side? Who was on? But the other half, what you're, if you said it was No, I can tell you it's 100%. It's 100%. That's, oh my God. <laughs> Hello, everyone. This is Fun Employment Radio. I'm Greg Nibble here with Sarah Dillon. Thank you so much for tuning in today, wherever and however you listen. It is so fantastic that you do so. Of course, you're live here five days a week on the Fun Employment Radio Network and then available via podcast all over the internet, wherever podcasts can be found. And thank you for finding us. I want to say thank you to everybody who goes to funemploymentradio.com and clicks on those links we got there on that page, that their page. Uh, if you click on the Amazon link, you know, if you're going to be buying from Amazon anyway. I know they're big and evil, but you're going there anyway. You might as well go to funemploymentradio.com and click on our link And first. we won't tell anybody if you're going there. I mean, no. you know, like sometimes people don't, but then you don't want to tell everybody. Like, it's fine. You know no. that you're doing us a favor, and you're helping out your pals Greg and Sarah by going to funemploymentradio.com and clicking on the Amazon link. Yeah. So you're supporting a small business while also supporting yeah. a monster. So yes, yes, perfect. Thank you. Yeah, that's a, that's all we're mm-hmm. asking. That's all we're asking when it comes down to it. And we, yeah, we won't tell anybody what you're buying on Mm-mm. there. Because we can't see it. But even if we could, we wouldn't tell anyone what you're buying Absolutely on Amazon. Not. So Unless it was super weird, then we probably would. Well, I mean, but we can't see it, so it doesn't really matter. I know, exactly. So, so it's, it's not, not like even a problem. Yeah, it's not even anything you would have to worry about. Mm-hmm. I promise you we will. Yeah, we, we can't see it. Um, also, really quick, before we get into this show, uh, we do have Rick Emerson, who's going to be joining us here finally. And he actually is. He's well, here. Until he's on the air. I did see that, well, we do have somebody in the waiting room, so I'm assuming that's him because oh, he's no, the it's only me. person. Oh. Because I have to log into the other two again. <laughs> well, then never mind. It's me in there. Okay. Uh, but uh, Rick Emerson should be joining us here shortly. And we've got a couple of things we want to get to here today. But um, I do want to say some exciting news. Um, by the way, it's uh, June 22nd, 2020, in the year of our apocalypse. Just to give everybody the timestamp. That's a Monday. So the, uh, the thing I want to say is this. It's been long anticipated. A long thought that it could be a hoax. Some people thought that it would never happen in the first place. Some people thought it was just too unbelievable to be true. But I will say this. I received a confirmation over the weekend that if it is correct, or it's a really good hoax, on this Thursday, I'll be receiving my tactical cargo shorts oh that I ordered God, over I like a month ago. I so you will stop talking about them. I ordered them at least a month ago, if not longer where my tactical cargo shorts will be arriving. Sarah, you cannot get mad at me for talking about something. You go off about all kinds of things that you order. I'm allowed to have my one thing that makes me happy, and that's my the idea of these tactical cargo shorts. I've built it up so much in my mind that these you know are going like, to be like child size. I know they're going to be child size and probably already have a hole in them because somebody's been wearing them on a ship. But nonetheless, it is scheduled to be delivered. This Thursday, I'm thinking about, you know, we take the entire day off, cancel everything. I just sit there by the front door waiting for the FedEx person to show up, waiting for my cargo shorts. Yeah. Um, but we'll have to see. But maybe we can get one of those, like, live shots. You know, that would probably go viral of somebody, like, waiting, you know, for their for their package to get there. And then, like, me tearing it open. And like, Greg, I do have some exciting news shorts. for you as well. What? Because I was just looking at my orders. And do you know what it looks like was delivered? Hmm. Your Alice in Chains t-shirt. Oh, excellent. Well, that's good news, too. Yeah, so you're just going to be all decked out. I'll probably cut the sleeves off of that, too. Perfect. So, um, uh, yeah, Mr. Janky, getting shamed by the lady who bought a face bra. Yeah, that's <laughs> it's true. Uh, so, yeah, I think oh, I I'm forgot good. about that. Yeah. Well, we'll definitely do an unboxing video for it, for my tactical shorts. Oh. My tactical cargo shorts. Yes. Yeah, because I have waited too long, and I'm going to have to try to pull my truck 
uh, with these because it said you can tow a vehicle. So anyway. But you're going to wait all this time to just rip them in half because they're not going to be able to pull your truck. Sarah, the video showed them clearly <laughs> pulling a vehicle. Um, Obviously, it will work. And they're knife proof. So I'll probably have to try to stab them or something, too. Oh, can I? Anyway, no. No, you can't. So that's uh, that's coming up later on this week. Just something for everybody to look forward to a little bit. But but going back to what we were talking about at the beginning of the show. So uh, this week, uh, my roommate, Chris, is uh, out of out of the house for about a week. He is um, with his family. They went and rented a place. Um, so he went and did that. And uh, that means since where he went, he couldn't bring a dog. I am officially the, uh, the, um, the what keeper. would it be? The, the keeper. The keeper of Ollie as mm-hmm. uh, the stepfather of Ollie. I don't know. I don't know how that would That's work. That's a strange thing. It's a to strange say. term to say. I don't yeah. really want to say it that way. No, he's, he's, uh, Ollie, I am taking care of Ollie. The You're dog his babysitter. This week. You're his dog sitter. I'm his dog sitter. But I mean, a little mm-hmm. more about more than that. You know, we're just a couple of dudes hanging out, no supervision. Doing whatever we want, getting crazy during the week. Probably have have a couple of parties. Don't tell anybody. Yeah. Whoa. Yeah, it's Ollie and I having a big brodeo. together. Yeah, yeah, we're having a brodeo. We're gonna go for a walk. We go check some stuff out. And uh, and yeah, it's I am going to be um, <laughs> be a. There's comments in the live chat for the FunEmploymentRadio.com uh, <laughs> uh, supporters club that Greg I will has, not repeat on the air because it's I being didn't pointed like out it. that Greg has stepdad energy. I don't like that at oh all. Oh my god! No, that's that's like one step closer to being when and no if now I, I know I'm going to offend somebody if I say this, uh, but you know that's like youth pastor energy. I don't mind, and I know we have youth pastors that listen to this show. Please do not be offended by that, but you know you have a certain kind of energy that other. Other people have a I'm hard time matching. I'm loving that Greg's just digging a hole. I'm just digging myself going. a hole, and just I'm expecting going. the email, and I know exactly who's, who it's coming from. Um, and, uh, no, but there are, like, different kinds. Of not, they're the ones that, like, try to be super – they're the ones that are that are very good at what they do, and they can, like, teach in, in, in a great way. But then they're also the ones who are just, like, you know, have the earrings, and they're like, hey, man, is Jesus your best buddy? That's He's what I was talking dope. about. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> word up. Have you heard the new word, dude? Yeah. Wow, kind of you could be a good – you That's because that I had well. one of those. We had one of those. Yeah. Except for it didn't end well for him. He got, okay. in, he got in trouble. Well, either way, I've dug uh-huh. myself enough of a hole. Uh, but uh, yeah, it's you know it's gonna be it's gonna it's gonna be pretty cool. And it's just kind of you know it's those of you who are longtime listeners of the show, you know of of Butters, my dog, R.I.P. She was very very special to me, and mm-hmm. uh, and you know as everybody she is with their ridiculous. pets. She was ridiculous. Yeah, she was she was our fun employment radio mascot for a long time. And Butters She's passed away beautiful. quite a few years ago now at this point. And I've I've just held off getting another dog since then. But every now and then I get the feeling I'm like maybe I'm ready to get another dog. And so this is kind of a test for me this week. Oh boy! Because there are freedoms you have with not having the responsibility. Like I didn't have to worry about. Like Ollie's here, I can hang out with Ollie. I don't have to worry about feeding Ollie or giving him his pills or his, uh, yeah. you know, all the whatever else. Or p- cleaning up his giant poop. Uh, I have had to do that before, but uh, yeah. but yeah, all that stuff. So this is a good uh, test run for me to be like, do I want to get a dog now? Hmm. Or do or am I just fine in the state that I'm at and having a little bit more freedom than than that, that, that allows? Well, you can actually you can talk to Rick about it because Rick has not one but two dogs. That is true. Rick does have two dogs. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But I mean, what would I ask him? I mean, I don't know if I necessarily need advice on it. I understand what comes with it. That's true. I mean, it's not like I don't know how how dogs work, <laughs> as, as was said in that show oh the other God. day. Yeah. Uh, you know, I know how dogs work. Yeah. I mean, I, I get it. Um, side note, if you, if you like ridiculous horror movies and you have Hulu... 
there are these ones um there's a series called into the uh into the dark i think yeah. that's what it is and they release a new horror movie um like usually a themed one once a month and this last one that they were um they made is called good boy and it's about a girl who gets a therapy dog who's not what he seems and it was i loved it i thought it was really really fun if you're a dog person you should totally oh it's real totally stupid it. it's, it's so real stupid, dumb but it made me laugh like quite a few times yeah yeah it does and it's uh, what's her what's her name too? Judy. Uh, uh, Judy Greer. Judy Greer. Yeah, which her book I like is, her. Yeah, her um her book is really good too. Oh really? She did like an autobiography, like a, I think it's something like that girl. You know, she always plays like the best friend. Mm. So it's kind of the side role. Say goodbye to these. So anyway, uh, yeah, <laughs> she she's in it. I, I, I do Kitty. like Judy, yes. Judy, Judy Greer. <laughs> yes. Uh, but uh, but yeah, it's it's gonna be uh, you know. Like I said, we could get up some hijinks. No. Well, you know, see, maybe then, I'll take him to the park and be like, hey, what's up? Well, you Greg know? had said because, know you know, Ollie's a little confused right now because his, you know, human is gone. And so I. He is a little confused. Yeah. So I went to the um, to the Dollar Tree today. Yes, this is my want because I needed to pick up some stuff. Uh, I got myself a new new cutting board and um, some this socks. This is the most compelling thing I think Thank that you've you. ever said. Thank telling you very yeah. much. I really appreciate your support. And then I realized, I'm like, oh my gosh, well, Ollie, you know, sounds a little sad because Greg was like, he sounds, he seems a little depressed. Oh, he's definitely, this just happened yesterday, so it's still less than 24 hours since Chris left. So Ollie is very confused and, and very depressed and he just like throws himself on the floor. Like, I mean, he oh. drops like a sack of potatoes anyway, I mean, but it's I mean, extra it's just... dramatic. <laughs> it's so real dramatic. dramatic when he's so I, upset. So I was trying to think, I'm like, what could I get him? And I realized I remembered from his birthday party that we threw for him at the beginning of quarantine that he loved this particular weird ass stick squeaky toy that I found. Nobody loved that. <laughs> he did. He loved it a lot. So I'm like, you know what? If he's feeling sad, I want to buy them. You were banned from getting that. Like, <laughs> But as I was saying at the beginning of the show, I was banned by both you and Chris. If one of the parties is not present, then I don't think that the ban, therefore, actually holds up. That is the dumbest <laughs> thing I think I've ever heard you try to explain away. Um, no, it's... It's banned by two people. It's annoying. Mutually. It's annoying. But did you see how happy he was? It's one of the most annoying sounds that's ever existed. Yeah. And it's going to... Well, it only... this. The toys are not. Can you believe it? It's going to be a shocker. Not that high quality, so it's probably only going to last a day. Well, it may so disappear Greg's, too. So it's some. It's making him happy. It Did you may, see he was smiling for the first time? I can give it any. I'll give him a treat. It'll make him even happier, and then he'll forget all about the toy. That I'll just have to go buy another. Who's to say? Stop it? buying the dog squeaky toys. I might or might not have bought more than one. Sarah. What? Oh, my God. You can't keep doing that. One for every day. It'll make him happy. All right. Well, there is a question we can ask uh, ask Rick when it comes to dogs, too. Um, there were a couple other things I was going to talk about, but let's just go ahead and do this. We'll, we'll go ahead and, and get our uh, <laughs> get our buddy on here. I did something this weekend that was real embarrassing, but I don't oh, know if I'm going to have to talk about it or not. I think you should talk about eh, it. Maybe I'll get away without talking about it. So no. let's do this. Let's go ahead and... We're going to take a quick break, and we're going to get uh, Rick here on the show. This may finally happen after all this time. No, he actually just texted me. He's, like, standing by. Okay. So we're going to take a quick break, and then we'll uh, get Rick on here, and, and we'll be right back with more Fun Employment Radio. Dot All right. Finally, after a uh, a couple of weeks of oh my all gosh. kinds of stuff. <laughs> you know what? Kinds- well, the world just changes, like, constantly, and who knows what is going on. But anyway, the world was trying to keep him off of this show, but no longer... Will that be tolerated? I cannot be held back. He will not be held back. Uh, joining us now, it is Mr. Rick Emerson. Hello, Rick. 
Howdy. Hi. Hi there. I forgot how to do this. So it's... good to see. It's been like, it. now it feels like forever. I know it's been like two weeks, it... but I mean, who knows time anymore? Everything's Ooh. fine. No, everything is okay. Please don't. All also, right. no, I know nobody else can see this, but uh, I'm since we're in Zoom, I can see uh, Rick right now, and he is flanked by two adorable dogs on either side, both of which are dying for his attention while he's trying to talk. They're like, "Oh, you're talking to me? You're talking to me, right?" All right. Willard apparently has other better things to do. He's he tires of us. <laughs> okay. Bye. <That's> good. <laughs> see well, you later. Milo, Milo remains loyal to me. Willard is <laughs> off on important business of his own. We were just well, talking about dogs, like right before you got on, because. Uh, I've got my roommate Chris, who's got a dog, a 110 pound giant. Uh, what, very, what kind of dog is he? Even? Uh, he's a German Shepherd mix like of Char- something. Sharpay, just, I think, right? German Shepherd Sharpay. Um, no, I don't think it was that. That's what he thought originally. It's something else. Huh. But what he, he's big and he's sweet and he's very dumb. And he uh, since since uh, <laughs> my roommate's gone for the week, so now I'm I'm basically the caretaker, the dog sitter of Ollie, which has been great, except for the fact that today. The very first day, Sarah did this like maybe a couple of months ago where she went to the dollar store and bought the most obnoxious squeaky toy that one could ever find on Earth and and bought it again for him. And now uh, it's like piercing into my brain uh, with this. And I'm I'm wondering, have has anybody ever bought you or your dogs a dog toy that is like the worst thing on Earth? (laughs) I actually am. I'm capable of doing that myself. Um, actually, <laughs> without any without any help, I I acquire. Because the thing about dogs, I mean, I know this is like well traveled territory, and also irritates parents. But <laughs> like it or not, there are many points of comparison between dogs and kids of a certain age, toddlers okay. especially. I think. <laughs> like licking the couch. What is it you're doing over there? What is with dogs and licking couches? Ollie does it's, that Philo, too. It's kind of creepy. The thing about Philo, it's like Willer doesn't do it, but the thing about Philo is he's like, it's like he's perpetually on ecstasy because <laughs> he'll like latch onto some sort of a fabric or like it'll be like the arm of the sofa or it'll be like a section of the carpet or it'll be just like one part of my pant leg and he'll just sit and just lick it forever seemingly without any reason. It's not like a thing that food was spilled on. It's not something I've been wearing all day. It'll just be something, it'll be like part of a curtain and he'll just decide it's the best feeling fabric in the world and he'll just sit and either paw at it or just lick it for like an hour and a half, which is totally what like, if you've ever known anybody who has taken any sort of party, uh, you know, uh, yeah. uh, party adjacent <laughs> chemical and then you give them like a koosh ball and they just sit there for hours and they just, you know, it's just sort of anyway. Oh my God. So, I went to a rave in the nineties and there was a koosh ball room that we went to. Yeah. It was so crazy. It was just, yeah, koosh balls everywhere and people put like Vaseline on the koosh balls. Oh God. That yeah. Sounds... There's there just like everyone put Vaseline on everything or like, um, whatever that <laughs> mentholatum stuff is like the. You know the stuff. Oh, like Vicks Vapor Rub. Totally, they would put that yeah. everywhere, and they would have like the face masks with the Vicks Vapor Vapor Rub like inside of them, so they what? would be breathing that while they're all high. Weird. Oh, yeah. That's yeah. Crazy. I mean, ecstasy is one of those drugs that I'm sure feels really great from the inside. That's why it's called ecstasy. From the outside, it just reduces you to the level of like a gelatinous two-year-old, oh, where like totally. every, like everything you're like you are just the most basic primal sort of feel good, must touch again, you know and. Oh my um, god! Yeah, I I remember that because I would see all these people like these uh, grown adults like walking around with pacifiers in their mouths and like oh you know, the pacifier the pacifiers phase. That's not and a, the candy necklaces. That's not a thing that's come back, has it? I don't know because I know like some '90s stuff has come back, but I I didn't think the pacifier. Maybe that was like did. later '90s, so it could be coming up in the cycle in the fashion cycle. 
I don't know. Do you know, I, Rick? I don't know. I guess that that's right after binging on Friends, I think, <laughs> you know, and, and wearing cross colors. That's like Perfect. suddenly it's pacifier time. So oh, I only know about cross colors because of Sarah, by the way. I don't really know what it means. I just know to reference that. <laughs> that's perfect. That was good. That's more like 1992, 93, but that was okay. Right. That was a, that was um, a good No, so it, uh, but, but so the thing with dogs and again, it must be said, children, is if you've known children, ch the, the difference is of course, children just pass through this phase like for a few months or whatever. Dogs kind of just live there where it's the latch onto a noise with kids. It's a noise that they themselves make usually. Yeah. And then they just, you know, ah, 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 ah. And just like, they're, like the noise itself is just entrancing. And it's like, it's like they've just, because when you're a kid, you know, obviously you're doing almost everything for the first time, right? Like there's a whole list right. of things you're doing that you've never, and it's like, you're so am amazed at the fact that you can do this thing that you've never done before, that you just do it for like an hour and a half like totally uh, oblivious to the fact that it makes the parents want to stab themselves in the eye, you know? And so dogs will do that when they get like, so they make this toy. It's, um, it's like a, like a rubbery sort of pig. And it sound to its credit, it sounds exactly like a pig, but dogs will get a hold of it and they just, ah, 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 <laughs> and if you read Amazon, in fact, hold on just a one second. Oh, are you going to get it? Hold on. Well, I'm going to get something different. Okay. So this... um, Rick just left the room and Philo's yeah. just sitting there like, where did you right. go? <laughs> so, so this is, um, so this is Willard's like favorite toy in the, in fact, now he's like demanding I throw it. So this. What in the world? Wait, is, is that a Mr. Bill? To no. It is. It's a, it's it a is. Mr. Bill doll. And so Mr. Bill, you have to have been alive, like in a kind of narrow window of time to really even know who Mr. Bill is. So Mr. Bill was this. He was like a really crudely done stop motion clay, like a claymation clown. I thought on I recognized Saturday Night that. Live. Okay, yeah. And it was only, I mean, he only existed in the culture on SNL for like a year, maybe. Yeah. But he's like Gumby, like where Gumby just existed for just this tiny window of time in the 1960s. But then everybody for the rest of, like everybody just sort of knows what Gumby is. It's like people know what Mr. Bill is. And so they make this toy <laughs> that... I, so I now, every Christmas, Willard gets one of these because it's his favorite thing in the entire world and it lasts about 11 months before it falls apart. And when you squeeze it, it goes. Oh my God. And it, it says, oh no. Now he's being sort of, he's being restrained right now. But here's the thing is that dogs are just smart enough to be able to figure out like monkeys with a cocaine lever that if you press a thing, it'll do the thing over and over and over again. So, so he will sometimes just like, sit on the couch with the Mr. Bill doll and just squeeze it so it makes the oh no scream over and over and over again for like, <laughs> for what seems like just an excruciating eternity. Oh and uh, so if you, I, there's reviews on Amazon because apparently it's not just him. Apparently they, the reason this Mr. Bill doll is still sold in 2020 is because somebody accidentally figured out that dogs go fucking crazy for it. Dogs just love it. And so there's these hilarious reviews of people just going like, for the love of God, don't buy this, <laughs> you know, or like buy it and remove the battery or whatever, because he'll just like sit there sometimes for just forever. And it like, and the thing about, again, the thing about like a dog is that to a dog, nothing ever gets old. No. Right. Oh, yeah. Just the most mind numbingly tedious or ridiculous activity does not get old to a dog. You know, it's like, well, what? Why why are you eating garbage? You did that yesterday. Well, because I I don't know. It's like they're like goldfish, where they just totally like they have no 
they're like one of those people that gets hit in the head and they can't form new memories, you know? <laughs> and so they just, they have no notion, you know, that, that like they just did that thing anyway. So whatever. Um, that's so amazing. That's, and I want to buy so one of those thoughts. immediately for Ollie. No. Buy it for someone you just like. Well, I mean, if it will torture Greg, I'm kind of excited <laughs> yeah. about that. That's like when I buy my sister toys for my niece. Like, if I just want to find like, the, the same most obnoxious. Concept. It is. It is. I'll buy like the most ridiculously loud, annoying toy just so I, because I know that Eloise will love it and Heather will just like lose her shit <laughs> because it's yeah. just so obnoxious. Yeah, we need to get another one of those. Right. All right. Also, Everyone's paws are already clean. Are they Sorry. just, is this your, is this Rick Emerson's life? You sit there between your two adorable dogs as they clean themselves all day? Yeah. <laughs> so I, I mean, I know that this is probably tedious for almost everyone who's not me, but it is so that, so the deal is, so I know that all dogs are sort of just bizarre and weird, but so like I had this dog, Max, who you might remember years ago, um, Max, who kind of looked like Willard, but um, he was like a sort of evil, hateful version of Willard. <laughs> but, um, but Max did oh, this buddy. thing. I don't know why, because I got him when he was six. So he, I think he lived with a bunch of cats and a bunch of whatever. But so Max did this thing where he would like sit and lick his paws all day, grooming himself like a cat does. And I'd never really seen a dog do that before where he would groom himself like a cat. And so, but of course now, because he then lived with Philo for a few years, Philo learned it and then Philo taught it to Willard. And so now it's just, they just, and so they'll sit and like lick their paws just forever, which would be fine if they didn't then sometimes choose to wake me up by coming and putting their paws like right on my face oh, while I slept. God. So, yeah, I remember you know, Muppet would do that with his wet little paws and, you know, without the wet fur and just kind of smash it on you. Yeah. So, and then they kind of sit and they'll just like, they'll like groom each other's faces sometimes just for like <laughs> an hour and a half. <laughs> Which is, again, sort of cute, but it's also kind of weird because then they just look wrecked. Then it just looks like they came out of like a tumble dryer. So it's just, anyway, I, I know that people who aren't pet owners, I know there's like nothing less interesting to say. It's like hearing someone else talk about, you know, their what happened to them in second grade. Like nobody cares. I understand that. Yeah, or, you know, sometimes if it, well, no, I, I don't even want to say this because I know there's people that are going to be mad. Sometimes I'm talking about other people's kids where I'm like, okay, and yeah, neat. That's oh, no, cool. that's oh, like every parent. Okay. And, uh, yeah. If you give cool. like any parent like you know more than one glass of wine, at some yeah. point every parent will say a variation on the following. You know, the thing is, I love my own kids, but they're the only kids I like. I hate all oh, of yeah. them. <laughs> my kids are the only ones I don't hate. That's every parent will say that at some point in their life. There is that, or a, the parents will say like my yeah, or my kids. You know, like I know everyone says that their kids are special, but my kids are like really fucking special. I could just tell. Like when yeah. everyone thinks that they're they're a special snowflake, is the specialist snowflake. You know, it's like my mom. My mom didn't drink, but occasionally. I think maybe at the end of a long day or something, or like when she got off like a double shift at the hospital or something, my mom would occasionally, I love my mom and I know that she meant, I know she didn't mean anything bad by this, but, but my mom would occasionally say, you know, I love you kids, but if I had to do it over again, and then <laughs> sometimes, sometimes she would just trail just off to trail nothing. Off. Oh my God. <laughs> like it would just be sort of, but if I had to do over and then she would just get this distant, like this faraway look in her eyes, but sometimes, but, but occasionally she would continue it. And she actually, the way that that sentence sometimes ended was to say like, I love you kids, but if I had to do it over again, I think I'd just become a nun. And then she would just sort of like, <laughs> oh then she'd leave the room and like, we would just sort of sit there and go, well, therapy for all of us. <laughs> oh man. 
I have to say, like, you know, being a person, because I, I do not want children, but it's so strange, you know, how different people are built different ways. Like, I was watching some Lifetime movie or something yesterday where this woman, all she wanted to do was just have a baby. She's always wanted to have a baby and be a mom and do all that. And it's just so bizarre to watch something and be like, that is absolutely not something I have ever pined for, nor do I want. So it's, I don't know, it's always interesting, like, the other side of the table. like what's Well, because there's always that big wants. debate about, you know, is it nature or nurture and, like, what percentage of your traits are from the way you were raised and what percent of them are hardwired or whatever. But I, but I got to say, like, so I've got five siblings and uh, three of my siblings, this is terrible that I have to actually stop and think about this. <laughs> three of my siblings have kids, um, but you know, but I don't. And, and the thing is, and like, I've known like from like, since I was old enough to comprehend whether or not that's a thing I wanted to know that I did not. Like that's, a, I don't, I never went through a phase of like, maybe I want to be a father or whatever. Like even just saying it out loud feels weird and also like absurd <laughs> and probably horrifying to some people that I would even just sort of use that phrase even like in, in like a theoretical sense. But like I have, I have known that, I think I've known that just the way that some people have always known they wanted kids, mm -hmm. you know? There's people, I think there's people who like, and I think women are usually more open about saying that. I don't, I think a lot of guys sometimes are reserved about it, but I think a lot of people just know, they're like, I want to be a parent someday. And I have like, the whole idea of that has just, uh, just been yeah. unappealing to me, like since, since like forever. So, and I think we can all agree that I chose correctly, you know, in that way. I think I, I, I agree. I agree. And I think that I chose correctly <laughs> as well. I think that we, I think yeah. we did what we were supposed to do. I mean, well, did you ever do this? Like, I mean, I, maybe it's just me, but like, I will sometimes, cause I had to, I had to get my, um, uh, my driver's license renewed a while back and like they ended up not needing, you know, I do this thing like every seven years of needing my birth certificate. And so then I have to like rummage around in the basement, try to figure out like where oh, I yeah. put it for safekeeping last time. So I find, which is weird because like, I, I'm guessing that like almost no one knows where their birth certificate is. No like idea. it's just- I have no clue. No, yeah, right. And you like, you don't think about it until like you need it. It's like your car title or something where you're just like, you know, you'd like until you have to, yeah. And you're like, well, where the fuck is, you know, anyway. So, and then I find it and I put it in the box and I forget about it until the next time I have to review my driver's license. But, but on my birth certificate, I don't know if they still do this, but it says the ages of the parents at the time of the birth. And it'll say, you know, like, it'll say, you know, place of birth, name of hospital, like name of attending physician. And then it'll say father's age, mother's age. And like, and so every time I look at my birth certificate, which is, you know, like again, every five or six years if I'm getting my passport or something, I will look. And of course I'm always older, but my, but my dad, especially my dad's age on the birth certificate is the same and it's 25. And which is like, I mean, at 25, oh, I mean, man. I was still basically just a paste eater. Like I was <laughs> yeah. like, I can barely yeah. dress myself now. I don't know what you all were like at 25. I mean, I kind of do. With you know Sarah, what I was like, I mean, yeah. Right. <laughs> <laughs> speaking for myself like i was not in any position to take care of a minor bird let alone a child and so the idea that they just like handed me to my dad and they were like here you go sir you look reliable like keep it alive know, i mean oh, yeah God. yeah i so it's just it's weird to think that like there are a lot of parents out there that are highly functional at a way younger age than i i mean you know that people half my age are having kids and apparently doing it well that's I'm always well, so impressed by by parents. I mean, I just I quite honestly don't know how they keep their shit together. And oh, you know, no. I, I just I mean, like the patience and I'm I'm always just in awe of that because I'm like, I just I know that about me. I know that I don't I don't think I have that level of patience and 
I, I don't know. I just don't, I, I don't think it's for me. But I think the difference is that you like, you know, that's not a thing where you want to roll the dice. That's a thing where totally, if you have any hesitation, the answer is no. That's yeah. a, <laughs> I think a lot of people yes. roll the dice though on that. Yes. I mean, I yeah. do, I, I do know, you know, both sides, right? I have friends who are completely like, you know, I want more babies and the other ones, you know, and some who, you know, kind of maybe wish that they would have gone in a different direction. Like, you know, and then there's, <laughs> there's some people, you know, somewhere in between, you know, so. But I think there's, you know, there's the two different kinds of, there's the rolling the dice where it's like you have a kid and you didn't really intend to, that was not something you meant to have happen. And then it just did. Um, and then there's the, but then there's the other thing people say, well, they'll be like, you know, and maybe this is true for some people, but they'll say like, well, you know, you think you hate kids, but but wait till you wait till you hold it, wait till you have your kid. Oh, and that goodness. seems that risk reward ratio seems really skewed there, because you know, yeah. even if the odds are like 50-50, that's still a pretty significant you know potential for fail there for that, everyone involved. Oh yeah, that also so, seems like that's just something people tell themselves. Like if they're yes, <laughs> I, I'm sure for some people it's true, but it's like, what are you going to tell yourself, like? Dude, don't do it. It's the worst thing ever on earth, and I wish it hadn't happened. Like they have to tell them, convince themselves. Oh, you're not allowed to say that. Yeah, yeah. No, you can't. And it, I mean, and and in fact, and the thing is, and he, you know what's weird is that, I mean, <laughs> yes, I, I guess you could apply this to lots of things, but I really am, I really am only applying it to this one particular topic, which is there's a lot of things that we all know are true, but you just can't say. Like, and if you say them the rest of us are required to go like, you are a horrible human being. I can't, <laughs> you, you, sir, are an outrage. Even though we all, in our hearts, know <laughs> that either it's true or it's a thing that some people think at some times. So, for example, uh, so John Lennon did this interview right before he died. It was like in 1979 or early 1980. He did this long interview in Playboy magazine. And, again, I understand why this is probably not a thing that he should have said in print, but he was also going through this time in his life where he was really like, not just reflexively, but he went through this period where he was like compulsively honest, where he just, he, I think he was in a lot of therapy, like literally going through a lot of therapy at the time and just was had a lot of, you know, he was really trying to figure out his life. And, and so, and so his deal, John Lennon's whole thing was like, fuck it. I'm not going to candy coat anything. I'm going to say it like it is. And he was, which is sort of admirable, except it can have, you know, unintended consequences. So they were, so it was like right when he was with Yoko Ono and they'd had uh, Sean Lennon together. And, uh, and of course he, you know, he already had one kid, he had Julian Lennon with his first wife. Mm -hmm. And, and he said this thing, oh, which no. again, I'm sure was true. And I'm sure I can understand that it, you know, might've been a thing that he really felt, but also I can understand why maybe it was not the right thing to say. He said, he said, well, you know, the difference between Sean and Julian is that, you know, Sean was a wanted child. <gasps> oh, wow. No. And then, and then it's like his brain just didn't throw some sort of emergency switch of like, abort, stop, change subject. His brain, then he said, and again, however true this was, maybe not the right thing to say, he then said, he said, well, you know, the difference is Sean was a wanted child, whereas Julian was born of a whiskey bottle. And. <laughs> Oh, sweet baby wow. Jesus. Wow, yeah. That I is mean, horrible. There's just stuff that you don't need to put out there for your kid to then eventually read or hear about. And that would be one of those things, however true it might be. Because here's the thing. Oh. I'm sure that's true for lots of kids, that they were, 
if not unwanted, they were certainly not actively sought. You know, yes. they were not actively, actively, you know, planned or whatever. Uh, but, you know, that's a thing you just sort of, that's an inside thought. That's a thing that no matter how honest wow. you're being, yeah. you know, that's really sometimes dicky. a little, little too much honesty there. So anyway, I don't know why we're talking about kids so much. I don't either. We I don't from, know how we got we on from this. dogs to kids. Yeah. Hey, but I have a question for you guys. I wrote this down and then we didn't get to it. Tell me. Uh, uh, so, well, two things. Um, they're totally unrelated. Uh, I guess I'll do the, the, this one first because I think it's faster. Um, so this has just been bugging me for no real reason. You know those shirts that say, and it's like a black shirt with white writing and it says like blank and blank and blank and blank. Oh yeah. You know like, what I'm talking about? Like, what is that? A yeah, like the Star Wars ones and... You well, it'll, yeah, it. it'll say like, or it'll be like for Twilight or something. It'll say like Bella and Edward and Jacob and whatever. You know their like, names, Rick? That? Why do you know their names, Rick? None of your business. <laughs> <laughs> Dogs are like my children. What's it to you? Um, uh, but I mean, what is that a parody of? Gotta be a parody of I something, don't right? know. Yeah, that's, I've never I don't thought know about where that. that began. It's been bugging me that I don't know like what the original source of that is. Cause there's like a whole bunch of different, you know, it's like there's a million parodies of the keep calm and carry on thing. And mm -hmm. there's a million parodies of the, you know, it'll be like, you know, New York, Paris, you know, Tokyo, right. or whatever. Yeah. But the one that's the blank and blank and blank and blank, it annoys me that I don't know what the original is. And here's the thing. It's impossible to Google that. I've tried. There's no way to Google that to figure out where it came from. You know what? I swear. I, I could be thinking this because we were just talking about John Lennon, but I swear, I think it did come from the Beatles. I thought it was like John and Paul and Ringo and whatever the other one is. The other George. one. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> George. George. Yeah. <laughs> That's what I thought. Steve or whatever his name I was. Swear, yeah. Well, at least for Larry. me, that was one of the first ones that I saw was, was the Beatles one because it named them, but I, I can't, don't know. I can't say I've ever seen the Beatles one. Okay. Um, yeah, see, I think there's like all we've ever seen are the are the parodies of it, where it's like Harry and Hermione and Ron and whatever. I have no idea what the original version of that shirt is, and I don't know why I care. But it's like as soon as I realized I didn't know, now it has become a thing that bugs me. So if anybody yeah. knows now, now it's bothering me. I'm trying yeah, to think of it too. Yeah, if you know, please let us know. Also, sorry, I just there looked in go. our chat and uh, an unknown person, uh, an unnamed person, in there said, "I love being a father" in all caps, and they wrote, "Ha ha 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 ha." <laughs> Uh, Don't whitewash this fence, Tom. It's <laughs> lots of fun. Um, Wait, we did have another link here. So um, according to the, is this from the New York Times? Oh, somebody's actually done this, researched this, and uh, oh, Mr. Jakey in our okay. live chat just figured this out. Was I right? It, you might have been right. It might oh, have been the Beatles. I thought so. Yeah. Okay, here it is. Ten years ago, experiment. this is again from the New York Times. Ten years ago, experimental jet set an Amsterdam-based design firm comprising three Dutch guys, um, sought to design an archetypal band shirt for the Japanese label Gingham. So they started with the Beatles, and instead of showing an image of the band, they simply listed the four first names of the band members. So it, according to this, it was. That's what it was. It was the Beatles. Whoa. So, hot dog, I answered your question without even knowing Wow. <laughs> yeah. Okay, I... I would never have guessed that that was the original. I would have guessessed that that was immediately after the shirt. I see. I thought it was like going to be a fashion label thing where it was going to be like Paris Milan something and like Dolce Gabbana or whatever. It was oh, just totally. it was going to be, and that then somebody was like, no, 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 I'll make it a Beatles thing. I, that, I, I would never have guessed the Beatles thing was actually the 
the original, like where that came from. Wow. This is really interesting. Yeah. So they said the shirt was popular and eventually sold out, but by 2003, so this was a long time ago. Uh, well, this was 2011, we so 10 years, so 2001 is when they started. By 2003, they started noticing a trend. People were making their own versions of the design and sending images of them back to the design firm. Wow. Okay. Okay, yeah. All right, then. Uh, actually, just it's as a total soft. side note to this, I mean, that's so, first of all, I can't, I cannot even begin to tell you how satisfying it is to know that <laughs> because like 90% of these things I wonder about, I never find out the answer. And then it just like, and then it's like a stone in your shoe, you know, it just bothers you forever. So now you, um, know you can so check that, that off your really crazy happy. box. Yes. Seriously. I'm literally like <laughs> crossing it out off answer. the list. <laughs> um, that's amazing. I mean, this is well-traveled territory as well, probably, but there's, um, I, so there's a, there's actually this book called Dreaming the Beatles by Rob Sheffield, who used to write for Spin Magazine and Rolling Stone. It's a really good audio book as well because he's he's a he's a pretty good narrator. It's called Dreaming the Beatles, and it's you know and and he says in the foreword he's like, why does anybody need another Beatles book? What could, what could you possibly need another Beatles book for? Mm-hmm. But his whole the whole point of the book is is literally about this. It's about the about like how every decade people were like, well, we've reached peak Beatles and this will be the year, you know, after this decade, the Beatles will stop being relevant. Like, you know, this is like this generation, you know, will be the last generation that fixates on the Beatles. The Beatles are going to lose their cultural relevancy. And he talks about how mm. every year that's wrong. And like every decade, the Beatles continue to be like the biggest thing in the world of rock and arguably in the world of music. Did you, like, I didn't know this, you know, that the Beatles are already the best selling artist of the 21st century. Really? Wow. Yeah, it's amazing. <laughs> that so they put out that 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 collection, it's just called One where it's like just all the Beatles number one hits. Mm-hmm. That came out in 2001, I think. And it was the best-selling album of that year and it was the best-selling album of the next 2 years. And I think I mean it's just so like it's I mean anyway, so whatever. So it's like it doesn't surprise me and I guess in a way that that is t- tied to the Beatles because the Beatles continue to just be unlike anything that has ever existed and probably ever will exist again. That's amazing. Um, yeah. All right. So my second question is actually for both of you, maybe, I don't know. I, I, it's, I don't know if you've talked about this already, but what do you guys think of this thing of the, of the NBA, like resuming at Disney world? Mm. Oh yeah. Greg talked about it a little bit. Yeah. I mean, it's, I don't know if it's going to work because I don't know how you contain them in there. Cause the whole idea, like the whole premise is they go to one place and then they can all quarantine in the same place, but they can go to certain parts of like Disney world within there. But then like people aren't allowed into their rooms and their families can be there, but they can't go anywhere. It's, it's a weird concept. I don't, I don't see it working at all. And would they have an audience? I mean, would there no. be like a live crowd? No, that's the thing. So they wouldn't have any crowd at all. There'd but be were no... they doing like the zoom thing that you were talking about? No, that was for some soccer games. We're oh, trying okay. that. So there's a bunch of different soccer games that tried different ways to do it. And some of them, they dubbed in, like actual video game sounds. So it was the video game crowds that that they would have in there. And somebody was able to like monitor it and change their like, okay, cheering crowd if a goal was scored and like booing crowd if the, whoever the home team, you know, was, was, was doing bad or something. Um, And so they ran that like all live. And then there's some other ones, this Dutch team set up a whole bunch of television monitors around the, the soccer field and then let people zoom in to That's watch it live. So you're watching, there's just some dude sitting on his couch, you know, just sit as like a 10 foot version of him on the side of the field and like just some random fans. And they tried to go about it that way, which seems to me like that would turn into to chat roulette in about 
10 minutes. Yeah, um, no, that's absolutely going to go badly. Yeah. That's, so, and, and plus, it's got to be weird if you're a player to play in an arena where there's like no audience or no yeah. crowd. That would, that's just going to be, I mean, I, I mean, I don't know if there's a better idea, but that's just, that would be, I could, that would get out. That would have to be, that would be like if you were, you know, Bruce Springsteen and you're like playing, you know, in an arena to no one. I mean, that would mm. just be so weird. That, that almost would be distracting to have no crowd there. I there wonder was... if they because they put plexiglass now on everything else. I mean, since they already spend billions upon billions of dollars on the NBA, couldn't they just build like plexiglass force fields? No, like because... around the um, you know between the people in the stands and the field. Yeah, but then the people in the stands they have to be distant too. That's too many people. It's too many people in one and stadium. from each other. Yeah, and from each other. So it'd be like that. Look even almost weirder. I think. Yeah, like everybody's six feet apart in like every direction. And, so it... and here's and he, well and here's a thing. Like I was thinking about this the other day. So because I, uh, so for, it, for reasons that are complicated, not all that interesting. I I actually made like a good faith effort to go. I can never remember what the two tests are called. I just call them the do I have it test and the did I have it test. Um, and the the did I have it test sort of just seems like a coin toss at best right now. That does seems almost kind of useless, but it's. But I, but I, I I wanted to go see uh, I wanted to go take the do I have it test mm-hmm. and one of the reasons is that my mom was going to be in town and you know my mom's older and doesn't have a great immune system right now and so I was like I'd like to know that I if I breathe on her accidentally it's not going to kill her two weeks later because that's it's hard to right. talk about that and you know the family newsletter at the end of the year is going to be sort of a downer then if I you know if I inadvertently oh, yeah. snuff my mom so um so I went to have like the do I have it test. And, you know, we all know the six feet apart thing, but what, but what, you know, you don't really think about is that that's like six feet in every direction. And here's what I mean when I say that. I don't know if you know this, but like the place where they do the active, like viral testing or whatever they call it, is at the expo center. And it's at the parking lot of the expo center because everybody has got to be six feet apart, like in every direction. And that fills up space really quickly. And so... Uh, so I drove out and I kind of knew that they weren't going to test me because I don't have any symptoms and I haven't been around anybody who's got it or whatever, but I just, on the off chance that they would do it, I drove out to the expo center just to see. And the first thing I noticed is like, you know, there's like all of these cars and these people lined up and whatever. And it just like, like it quickly filled like a huge amount of space out there. And you don't really appreciate what it's like to have, you know, a hundred or 500 people that all have to have six feet between them how, how what a big area that fills how quickly that'll fill up a giant space so i mean i i mean that would that would cut i mean that would just make like putting people in any sort of an arena and it's like and it would not be enforceable unless you had like booths or something yeah and if yeah. it's not enforceable then it's a huge liability and it's just like the logistics of this just break your brain is like as soon as you start thinking about anything like that oh. yeah just how anything can go back you know, to that other way. You mentioned Bruce Springsteen. One thing that happened, this was what, a couple of weeks ago and he wasn't in the stadium, but he did a show with uh dropkick Murphy's where dropkick really? Murphy's. Oh my gosh. It was amazing. At, yeah. Uh, Fenway in Boston. And they let them play like, like on the diamond and they were all distant. Each like, of them were on a different base. <laughs> yeah. And awesome. uh, yeah. And so they spaced them all out and had them. And then they did the show and they just had a whole bunch of different camera angles and like, uh, you know, drones. drones and all that stuff. And then they brought in Bruce Springsteen on a giant monitor and he played a song with them and then they played a song with him. 
Um, wow. But it was pretty, I'm going to have to go seek that out. It's oh, pretty, it's pretty great. Yeah. It was pretty cool. And they did it all for like some charity or something. Um, but even, yeah, even the band members, like they stayed all apart from each other. And I, I talked to, I did an interview with one of the guys from Dropkick Murphys and he said like, even like he said, they were never around each other. They had to go into the stadium separately. They had to wear a mask until they went onto the field and then they could, could take it off to perform. But it was, wow, it was pretty that's... cool looking, but really weird. Cause there's no crowd. I mean, and that's, I mean, that's just the weirdest. It's like, uh, you know, I, I mean, I remember that we have, I, back when I, we were doing like terrestrial radio, occasionally we would pre-tape a show like for holiday or something. And at least for me, and I think this might be a generational thing. I think that maybe, I think that maybe this generation now or people that have, you know, started doing, you know, that started with podcasting or started with whatever, I think it's maybe not an issue for them. I think it's an issue for me, but in the back of my head, even though I'm in the same room and the same microphone with the same people doing the same show, knowing that it wasn't like technically live and that there wasn't like an, an actual audience interacting in the moment always just totally screwed me up and it made it way harder to do it because I just sort of, you know, I just like the, the lack of an audience always got in my head and threw me off. And I think a lot of like stage performers would tell you the same thing. So it'd be interesting to see if that's a, if that's a thing that evolves, if, if, now there's going to be like a gen depending on how long this lasts if there's going to be a a generation of performers that somehow are able to do that and make it work and have you know it, it, like figure out a way to make that as interactive or as you know feel as organic as as a traditional like everybody crammed into a little club show would feel that is interesting That's because like even now since people haven't been around other people like i even find myself getting nervous not because i'm i fear getting sick even though like i do because i again i don't i also don't want to kill my parents and um right. but like being around people and like social interactions i mean like even now just thinking about singing like karaoke for example that's something that didn't used to scare me and now when i think about being in front of a bunch of people like singing and doing and performing in front of them like that feels more foreign to me now well even using the same microphone well yeah not the like... germ the germ thing aside just like the social aspect of oh. being you know around that many people and being watched by that many people because i think rick's right like people are starting to learn their crafts without being in rooms full of people with their eyeballs you know actually watching them or ears listening well and it's like um you know i remember when they when you know uh, when uh you know the internet really start when we started getting the first generation that had grown up with the internet that had not learned about the internet that had just grown up in a world where the internet always existed there was a lot of talk which may or may not just be bullshit you never know but it's they were saying that you know well this generation might be that they um that they might not that they might lack the ability to judge nonverbal cues and body language and whatever the way that like previous generations do because if all your interactions are in text and emoji and even though there was FaceTime and whatever, they're like, if a lot of your stuff is just text, they, you know, that face-to-face interactions might be really awkward and, and weird with them because the, you know, the, this generation might not know like how to interact and how to read all the subtle cues if they're talking to somebody up close in person. And so I don't know whether that's true or not, but I think what you're saying is totally true, Sarah. The idea that it's like the longer this goes on, it's like the weirder... Because then you just have all this, because then there's just all this weird mental baggage around it. Like the fact oh. that I actually find myself, if I'm walking down the street, like even, you know, at night or whatever, and there's somebody walking toward me, I just instinctively step into the middle of the street or whatever. So yeah. I can just mm -hmm. like give them a huge wide berth, which is totally a thing I now do without even thinking about it. Mm -hmm. And it's sort of like the masks in that, like, there was a time when that would have been deeply offensive. 
and like now it would be offensive not to do it. Mm-hmm. You know, right. somebody's coming towards you. I'm crossing the street, pal. It's just you know that's because you, you sort of have to or whatever. And so it you know the longer this goes on, actually, uh, so just like this all sort of wraps together because I just reread. I don't know if you if either of you have ever read the book Friday Night Lights. No. No, um, I watched the show, but I haven't. Read oh my the book. god. I mean, here's the thing, and I give, I mean, I know dick about sports. Like I don't, I, I have like so little sports knowledge. Like it's just not a thing that I'm, I am not wired to be into sports. But the book Friday Night Lights by H.G. Bissinger is, it's unbelievable. It is, I mean, it's, um, and I will say this, like if, if you're, and I, and I do love this series. I love the show Friday Night Lights. I love the movie Friday Night Lights. The book, um, obviously the book is always a little bit more expansive, but the book Friday Night Lights is also a lot, it's a lot darker. It's, okay. um, and, the, and the, and the movie in the series definitely had their moments where they were grim and sort of bleak, but the book is very, it's a, it's a great book, but it's, uh, I'll tell you this. In fact, the, the book Friday Night Lights is actually so sort of unvarnished and honest in its depiction of this town and its relationship with football and its and race relations and class and poverty that actually when he did a book tour for Friday Night Lights back in 1989 he actually couldn't go anywhere near Odessa because there were death threats and I think it was like years before he was actually able to go back to the town without fearing for his safety because he lived there so Buzz, Buzz Bissinger went and he lived in Odessa in West Texas for a year and then he wrote this book and everybody was like, and he, they knew he was writing a book. He told them, and he's like, I'm writing a book about, you know, about, uh, uh, about the town. I'm writing a book about the team and about it, how it influences the culture. And they all knew that, but they did not care for the way they were depicted because he, it's a, it's a book that is a fascinating, but ultimately kind of horrifying depiction of basically the question he asks is he, he kept reading these stories about, a high school team that played to 20,000 people. He's like 20,000 people going to see a high school football game. That can't be true. And when he learned that it was true, that there were 20,000 people on a Friday night going to see a high school team, his question was, what's going on in that town that every resource is shunted toward the football team? Like what is happening in that town that causes people to put all of their energy and hopes and identity into this team so much so that there's 20,000 people going to see it. And the answer is that the town is like fucked in every other way that like the economy is fucked. The relations relations between rich and poor, between black and white, you know, between immigrants and non-immigrants. I mean, that it's just a town where everything is falling apart. And the only thing that kind of keeps the town together is this like shared belief in the team but of course that then has all of these probably unex uh, probably uh, um predictable but dire uh you know consequences for the people on that team and mm-hmm. for the players because it's this immense pressure put on you when you're in high school and for the couple of years that you're playing for the Permian Panthers you know you're basically a god and then it ends and it's like then you're back to your busted ass life and your busted ass town it's a, I mean, it's, I mean, I'm painting it like a really grim book and it is, it's a, it's a great book though. And it really is, it really is amazing, but it's, it's not a big pick me up. I mean, it's a, yeah. 
it's it's a bit of a downer, but it's uh it's a great book. I strongly recommend Friday Night Lights the book for anybody who hasn't read it. I actually just as you were talking, I just um went to my library app and just reversed it, and it should have it within a day or two. So I'm definitely listening excellent. To yeah, that. yeah. Uh, and the audio, yeah, the audio book is pretty good. It's a guy named Tom Schultzstoffer, I think is his name, but it's um um. He's not like not like the world's greatest narrator, but he's a good narrator for that book. Okay, so not like distractingly bad. Like he's fine. No, no, no. He's yeah. not bad at all. He has he has a little bit of a a little bit of like a country sound to him. He does have sort of a rough kind of good old boy sound to his his delivery, which is perfect for that book though. Because okay. it's it's you know, it's West it's West Texas and, and all that. So it's um it's a really it's a great book and it's uh uh if you get I think the new version has like a follow up, like an afterword where he does like a he goes back to the town twenty five years later to you know to sort of see where all the players are now and what happened to them and it's uh it's uh i've read it i've read it three or four times it's really, really oh fun. wow all right cool. um well i'm excited i'm also reading it. a book called trick mirror um by uh her name is gia tolentino uh she was uh i think she was a writer for jezebel and for gawker um i'm only about halfway through it but um I think that's a, I think you, I think Sarah, you would especially appreciate it. It's, um, it's a lot of Ooh, essays about yeah. the internet and about pop culture and especially how it relates to the evolution of women's place in society in the internet age. It's, huh. um, I'm, I think I'm not really the target audience for it, but, but I'd like it nonetheless. It's a really great book. It's, um, she has a lot of, I like authors that make me think about things that I've never really considered mm -hmm. or, um, here's, here's the thing that I love and then I'll, then I'll shut up about, about books, but it's, um, don't talk I know about books don't so like much. Or, yeah, whatever. <laughs> we can talk about, books about your numbers are tanking. Oh my God. What are you reading for? Um, uh, but, uh, but, but here's what I love. And cause, uh, uh, um, Chuck Klosterman is really good at this too, where what he'll do, you know, it's a lot of people will, will have a question and they'll twist themselves in knots trying to come up with a more interesting answer like the hot take on it you know like the, the the really controversial or compelling answer to the question and what i really love and what i wish i was sometimes better at is people who rather than trying to come up with a really unorthodox compelling uh, captivating answer to the question they actually take the question itself apart and they they analyze like why we're asking this particular question and is the question itself flawed or does the question itself have other interpretations you know, before you even get to the answers, like, well, what about the question itself? Does the question itself work? Or is there another way to, and she does that really, really well hmm. um, in Trick Mirror. She, it's, you know, uh, when she talks about, um, she talks a lot about the way that the media um, influences slash pressures uh, women in terms of their physical appearance and in terms of, you know, the importance put on that. And she has a lot of really interesting observations about you know about the media and about the way that they reflect society but also the way that they influence and warp society uh you know especially when it comes to when it comes to women and and the way that the internet has you know the way that the internet has has learned to adapt to a lot of the same old sort of creepy patterns that the old media you know mm -hmm. kind of engaged in anyway so it's called trick mirror by Gia, Gia tolentino and it's um it's it's quite good about halfway through it it's it's pretty uh it's pretty uh interesting awesome well yeah i, I love your recommendation so let me know if you have uh more because i i get lost in series sometimes but i want to do some one-offs so i'm definitely gonna start with friday night lights and then yeah i want to check out trick mirror too. yeah 
Yeah. Gia Tolentino. Yeah, that sounds Which is an awesome name. Yeah, it is. It's a great name. Right, I I know. That's solid. Um, Yeah, I'm interested in that one too, actually. Yeah. You got to see how that works out. How has this been already? Was it 40? How long has it been? It's been like 50 minutes. Yeah. Like 50 minutes? (laughs) Oh my God, it's almost 150. I didn't even realize that. I didn't realize that either. Of course. Oh my gosh. I gotta go to some other We've things. talked long enough that my dogs have actually gone to sleep. Both of his dogs. <laughs> I'm so lucky. Actually, I want to let's see if I'm gonna take a screen cap of this right now. All right, Rick, smile. Yeah. There's like something shiny happening here. What is this? Oh, there's okay. Sorry. I, just, I think I spilled flour in myself at some point. <laughs> All right. Well, I got a screen I got cap so of you bored. doing that. <laughs> I've gotten so bored in the last week. I actually made a pie at one point. What? You made a pie? The less said about that, the better. It didn't. It went badly. Um, and then I made a wow. casserole just because I, why not? It's I've run out of other things. Did to it have peas in it? So, the casserole? Yeah. No. Okay. He's like, no, no, I'm opposed to my that. mom would make some weird like tuna casserole with some, with peas in it. And I've just, I've never no. been a hot like pea casserole fan. Yeah. <laughs> I like me some hot peas. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. Heather's husband at one time, my mom makes tuna casserole and Heather, you know, my sister and my mom love it so much. And Michael, my sister's husband, uh, they're like, Michael, do you want some? He's like, no, thanks. I don't like fish casserole. <laughs> and it's like, I'm like, that is the grossest way to put that. And that is totally accurate. Fish casserole. Yeah, that's no. a strange. That's maybe that's why we've never, I've never really thought about it. That is what that is, though. It's strange that we don't refer to it as that, but I guess it makes perfect sense. We don't refer to it as that. Right. Yeah. <laughs> I know when it's like that blatant. I mean, it's kind of like how you don't go to the, you don't go to the meat department at the store or whatever and order some pig. Oh yeah, because that would just be weird, right? <laughs> I like me uh, yes. half a pound of pig. <laughs> like it would just first of all, it would just make you sound like some banjo twanging moron, <laughs> and also, and also, it would just underscore the fact that like, I don't know, you're eating the thing from Charlotte's Web or whatever. Like it would just be weird. That would just right. you know, oh. that would be really strange. All right, I guess tuna. Um, all right, so Jacob in the chat says that tuna casserole always has peas. He just had some last week. Yeah, no, peas see, and fish. Don't so that's go not true because my my mom would make tuna casserole when I was a kid, and like she she eschewed the peas. Those were in, in the recipe, but she just was like, "Fuck that." Uh, yeah, like, I don't no remember peas. peas being in the tuna casserole. That we oh, made I just remember mushy no. hot peas and ca- well, uh, no, no, no. mushy hot peas. They are. It's like that. It's like that band. I think it's a Portland band called Leftover Salmon. There is a which, band called that. Yeah, there is. <laughs> How yeah. do I know which is this? Just, you know, I guess good for them for coming up with a name that was able to gross me out. I thought I was impervious yeah. after death metal. You know, it's, <laughs> right? just, it's too much. It's beyond the. It's over the line. I have to ask, what is this picture I'm looking at in the on the bottom of the screen with yellow oh, sunglasses? Is this Greg? Uh, wait, yeah. let me see. What are you seeing on the bottom oh, of the screen? It's, it's your um your Zoom picture. It's of you it's, as a yeah, kid it's in like sunglasses. sunglasses with a yellow frame and oh. And like a that's just my zoom picture people were making i forgot that was even on there because i think i'm logged in i don't know which account i'm logged into we had so many issues with it but uh but is it a picture of you yeah that's me yeah it's it's me with a jean jacket and my uh bright um neon sunglasses when i was a kid well being then trying to spike my hair fantastic oh yeah (laughs) yeah that was uh that was what i thought was cool at that point yeah how old would you have been in this photo uh, I would have been probably maybe you look eight like, or nine. I was going to say, you look like nine or ten, because that looks Nine like, or ten, maybe, yeah. Because that was cause when I was trying My to look brother's cool also too. in that picture, and he also had a jean jacket. And so we had, like, matching jean jackets. My sister and I had matching jean jackets, too, except for she had, like, a dark blue acid wash, and I had, a, like, a white acid wash. And then mm. we both had them signed by Tim Noah, who was our favorite uh, 
you know, singer songwriter at the time. Wait, who's Tim Noah? Yeah, I don't know who Tim Noah is. Tim Noah was an amazing, and actually I looked him up, and he still does actually do um, concerts and stuff in Seattle. He's like a, a children's, like a children's song singer. He wrote like all kinds of weird albums. I think Todd Workoven and I have talked about this a lot because he have this album called like um, the Wow Wow Wibble Woggle Wazzy Woodle Woo. It's just like weird. What? I don't think this I can say it like again. I think Todd would be really knowledgeable. Totally. Yeah. I mean, Todd and I, you know, we have very similar, like, weird tastes. And so, yeah, he's just, you know, makes all kinds of, like, fun children's songs. And he's still touring, so I can't wait to bring my nieces there sometime. Uh, I, 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 I'm I, guessing that we're, we're probably close to the, I don't know if we're out of time or whatever here, but. Um, yeah. Uh, yeah, he wait. has to get, yeah, he has to get going to his. Wait, what's Rick's okay. final thought, though? I, I want to. Well, no, yeah, I thought. was, it was really, I was just going to ask. I mean, it's really more of an observation slash. Wait, why'd you just mute me? I'm not. Sarah, what are you doing Wait. with Zoom? You just muted me and Rick. No, I didn't mean to. Hang on. <laughs> no, unmute audio. I guess Sarah was done talking to both of no, us. No, there you are, Rick. Oh, no, I think he's trying to unmute it at the same time and I'm that I'm trying to unmute it, and so All we right. keep doing it. Okay, there we go. You got to unmute yourself. All right, well, I think God has intervened. I don't know if you can actually hear me. No, I can hear you. You got to unmute yourself. I cannot yourself. hear you. Can you hear Sarah? Sarah. <laughs> no, is, How about me? Can you this hear is, me? Is, that was not God. That was an act of Sarah. <laughs> is what just happened right there. Here, can you hear me now? Can you not hear me? Okay, here it is. Sarah, you were muting me Wait. on top of this. Right. That was an act of Sarah, not an act of God, oh where she just God. muted both of us um, repeatedly. But anyway, final thoughts. Yes, final thoughts. Uh, it, it's, I, I was going to say, the inter- I think the universe has overruled us. The universe is just... I was, just, <laughs> I, I was only going to... All I was going to say is that this ties into both Friday Night Lights and being in high school and whatever. Because I, I'm sure that Sarah did not ever get a lecture like this because girls never did. I think this is solely a lecture for boys in high school. But I remember being in high school in like 1990 and at least once, and I think probably once a year in, in gym class in PE getting like a really stern lecture in the locker room about the dangers of taking anabolic steroids, you know, and whatever. And that they were like always pounding on us about like not taking steroids, huh. which whatever I'm, you know, take steroids or don't, I'm saying, you know, that you, I'm just saying, but now my question now looking back is where the fuck would I have gotten steroids? Did they think that I like, w- like I would, if you put a gun to my head in 10th <laughs> grade and told me I had to go purchase steroids, I would not have had the yeah. vaguest fucking clue where to get them. <laughs> where did they think we were getting steroids in 1989 in Kennewick? That like, is where... like, yeah, you know, when people like say like, oh, I have a guy. Like when you like how people find like, you know, murderers for hire and stuff. Yeah. Like, how do you yeah. know these things? Where do you find that? Well, I'm trying to think about it. I don't think I, at least nobody has ever told me personally that they use steroids for anything. Perhaps it's the circles that I travel in that I'm not around those right. kind of people. And, like, yeah, I don't know anybody. When you're... 15 before the internet where do they think that you're going to buy anabolic steroids like it's just you know just makes no sense at all but it was a thing that they lectured us about every year so anyway well there's a question for the listeners if you uh purchase steroids as a teenager where did you purchase them from how did that work out yes we'd like to know good one we won't knock on you over to the people well done perfect (laughs) we promise not to narc that's still a term right all right um i think so uh, send us an email, funemploymentradio at gmail.com. Give us a call, 503-575-9120 and all of that. And Rick Emerson, as always, thank you so much, sir. We are so happy this worked out this thank week. Thank you all. Thank you. Uh, you need to screen cap that picture of him with the dogs right now. Oh, yeah. Hang on. Let me get it. One, because two, that is that is the picture of this episode. All right. Smile. Oh, wait. 
There we go. That's beautiful. Perfect. I don't even know. That's an album cover or a book or a or a book cover. Yeah, he didn't even position them like that. Like that's just how they are sleeping. Yeah. Holy shit. The author at home. (laughs) (laughs) Candid photo. All right. Uh, Yeah. Thank you everybody for tuning in again. Seriously. Hit subscribe, all that stuff. You know what you do with podcasts. Exactly. Like, you don't have to tell people anymore. Yes. Um, and Rick, we'll, we'll uh, talk to you next week. Sure, a likely story. Yeah, I know. Yeah, I know. Sounds right, great. <laughs> well, we'll wait for the asteroid to hit in between now and then. Uh, all right, thanks, everybody. We'll be back tomorrow with more fun appointment Radio. Dot com. Bye. Bye. Bye.